Here we are, another Locked On NFL alongside the scout Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock, and since it is Thursday, our usual Thursday guest Mike Sando of The Athletic will be joining us. Uh, real quick, I do want to remind everybody to subscribe to the show, rate, review if you can. That always helps. We love it. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in and seeing this thing grow. has been really fun. You can find us on all of your favorite podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We are everywhere. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Matt is at Williamson NFL, and Mike is at Sando NFL. And with that, let's bring on our guest. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks. Good to have you there, Mr. Sando. Yeah. Always great to talk to you. Good stuff at The Athletic. You've got some great information about quarterbacks. We've been talking a lot of quarterbacks with you, and it's almost like I, I want to wait till Thursday before we talk about some of these things because so much great stuff. I think the biggest one from one of your latest articles is talking about how Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, some Tier 1 quarterbacks, these teams, I mean, obviously they're good. Their teams are going to be good. These guys are no stranger to the playoffs. Packers, not last year, new coaching staff there, but maybe the difference here is, especially with the Packers, is what's going on on the defensive side of the ball. It is, and, you know, obviously those two teams have played bad teams, right? So, yes, <laughs> uh, bad offenses. Sure. So, I mean, that's part of it. But I think we would acknowledge that they look really good. I mean, the, pa- the Patriots have played historically well in terms of their defense. And so what I looked at was just, uh, in my column for Monday on The Athletic, I, I've been doing this column called Pick Six, which puts me on the hook. i got to pick six things every week, but it's not hard. <laughs> I can always find six things to go that I didn't do Pick 16, right? So uh, one of them, though, is just looking at, you know, and this is something I've gone around. When I go around the teams in the offseason a couple of years ago, I would show them this, like, that, you know, when your defense is really good, like, Tom Brady and Alex Smith have the same records. You know, people are like, what? And I mean, when it's really good. So the Packers and the Patriots, neither one of them's allowed even 17 points in a game. And so what I pointed out was the last 10 years, Brady and Rodgers are 89 and four when their teams don't allow 17 or more. But take your pick Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, and Drew Stanton are 44 and one. So what I was wow. just trying to do is say, obviously, if you have a good defense with Cousins, Tannehill, and Stanton, you're probably not necessarily going to win the championship. You know what I mean? You still have to elevate, right? Because you're going to win the big game. Yeah, to win the big game. We saw that with like with the Trubisky in the playoffs last year. But um, my point was like, hey, if you can give a good defense to somebody like a Rodgers or a Brady, I mean, it becomes really much easy, really easy to win the games. You know, those guys are almost never going to lose when they have good defensive support. So it's early, but I thought it was just worth pointing out that, hey, if this is real and if Rodgers and that offense come around, which is the hope, you know, look out. This could be different for Green Bay and more of the same for New England. I got a lot to say about that because I'm kind of proud of myself because over the offseason I said – this Packers defense is the most improved in the league. And I think that's absolutely coming to fruition and looks like a top five group, uh, well-coached, aggressive, a lot of young talent there. But the offense, I mean, I know they have Rodgers, but is Rodgers still Rodgers? And the offense looks disjointed is probably the kindest I can say about it. And I thought you said something good there in that we probably said more than one thing good, but (laughs) (laughs) that – if you can win games while the those around Rodgers and the offense in general is learning or finding its way, wow, look out. But I think there's an if there, if it does come around. Like the Patriots, I know the Patriots offense will be 
above average. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what, it's going to be above average. It already is. doesn't matter who else is playing as long as 12's there. And last little notice, I think that Patriot defense is the best one I can remember that Belichick's had. Wow, Matt, that's yeah. amazing. I mean, you see, <laughs> they've had some good defenses now. They have, but it's good. It's well coached. It's all secondary driven. It's just built for today's NFL, man-to-man coverage. I love it. Oh, that is awesome because, uh, you know, it was funny. So every offseason, I will do a column. We Remember, we talked about it on here, like, uh, hey, what's every team worry about? You know, and I would call mm-hmm. like executives or coaches around the league. Hey, what do you think the team's worry? And we got to New England, and it was seriously the guy I was talking to from another team sort of laughing. He's like, we're trying to invent things that are worries that they're not even worried about. But we, <laughs> but, but one of we'll things, pretend to worry for them. But I had to have one for every team, guys. So I was like, all right. They tried to bring in Shiano, and that didn't work out. Flores leaves. Obviously, Belichick's a Hall of Fame defensive coach and just coach in general. But, you know, is there any sort of a – I don't think I said adjustment period, but is there, you know – do you lose something with Belichick's going to have to call the defense? Do you lose something somewhere else? It would be admittedly an invented worry, but they're averaging, they're allowing like five points a game <laughs> or something. They haven't allowed a touchdown, have they? No, they going touchdown. back to the Super Bowl, they haven't allowed a touchdown against the Rams. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> maybe crazy. we'll just have 31 teams' worries next year because yeah, <laughs> we had to totally make one up on, on them. Right. Who's going to play tight end? Who cares? <laughs> oh, they'll, just go, they'll just go 11 personnel now, you know? And, right. Okay. And, doesn't yeah. matter. Oh. So, yeah. What yeah. do we do without AB? Doesn't matter. So that'll be interesting to see how that comes together, see if that stays throughout the season, see if that trend continues. And when it comes to the Packers, and I do have Aaron Rodgers on a fantasy football team, and I've seen the Packers roll and go 3 and 0, and Rodgers has four touchdown passes. In three games, he's not putting up a ton of points for my fantasy football team or for the Packers, but it doesn't matter. And I think that's why it's so important, that defensive side of the ball, that you can uh, carry a team. You talked about Stanton. You talked about Ryan Tannehill. So when you have a great quarterback and you get matched with that defense, it's like scary. And it's look out. And the the Kansas City Chiefs is a team that you're not sure if that defense is going to be there in the end, but it may not matter because they can just go crazy and outscore everybody. I'm totally with you, and I like Kansas City better than you know, better than Green Bay right now. But um, like, if your problem, if your problem is hoping Aaron Rodgers will be good, there's a lot of teams signing <laughs> up for that. You know? <laughs> yeah, well said. No, Boy, that's... I hope this Rodgers guy kind of pulls through. Yeah, yeah right. and there's a lot of talk. I mean, his production has declined, you know, and I think that's going to be a lingering story until they really get it going again. But that 50-yard touchdown pass where he turned a point of the coach looked pretty good. <laughs> Quick question for you, if you could expand upon it, though, is because I haven't read your article yet this this week that we're talking on, about. Man. You, can, I'll be on it. Give me a break. Come on. tomorrow, and one of these days. Anyway, yeah. the you meant you kind of brushed over it. Like, if you have a good defense, you win. Like, can you tell me a little more what you found there? Yeah. So I divide the games into basically what are easier, harder to win from a quarterback standpoint. So really. Like almost now, this is changing a little bit lately because there's more high-scoring games. But traditionally, like if you allow, if your if your team gives up more than 24 points, like everyone's record falls off the charts. There's a period there where like Brady was 500, but people win Everyone like 20 percent, or you know, it really falls off a cliff. So um, on the other hand, if you're allowing like you know under 17, that's like a win forever, but it's a 90 percent win in the league. Okay. So sometimes I just focus on the games in between. You know, those, those are sort of the ones that are 
in play. And that's a little bit more interesting. Sample sizes can be a little small. You got to sort of look at a lot of games. But um, yeah, you, you just, you know, the takeaway for me is, man, that good defense goes a long way. And everyone should be trying to build one. You know, I, I just, I mean, obviously they are, but it's just such a luxury for Aaron Rodgers to be able to win a game where, where it's, where they just need 20 points, you know, and if you go back to when Rogers the last few years, they've always been so bad on defense and or special teams that there were games where Rogers played pretty well, but he didn't even, it was like a walk-off loss. They didn't even have a chance to get the ball at the end or whatever, you know? So um, to me, it's just defense is a great equalizer. And yes, if you, in those allow 17 and fewer points, it's, it's laugh. I mean, it's like Drew Stanton's eight no as a starter, you know? Well, wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, no yeah, it's, it's, but he's a backup quarterback. I'm sure he's a fine young man, but yeah. um, t- two notes on that is Drew Brees. Uh, this is an amazing stat to me. As a Saint, if they were not a bottom five defense, a bottom five defense, he took them to the. They went to the the postseason. You know, like just don't stink on defense. Wow. And a great, great quarterback, a tier one guy, gets you to the postseason. Well, and real quick, on the, I apologize. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. If you're talking on Breeze, I have a Breeze note, but go ahead. Okay, give me your Breeze note. Well, the Breeze note is actually in my column. We should, you should help write me write my column. I should probably I mean, read it. File my column before I do it. And I want to save the time. But I read it twice, said, Mike, to make up for Matt. Oh, good. Okay. Consider the case of Drew Breeze. We're great minds. I mean, mediocre minds think alike, Matt. You and I. <laughs> is New Orleans Saints, okay. For his 13 previous seasons, the Saints have averaged 23 and a half points per game allowed, okay? Okay. So in the years when they've done better than that, okay, better than their average, they're 82 and 30 with a Super Bowl title, okay? Wow. In the other years, they're 43 and 53. And now in, you know, some of those were historically bad on defense, right? Terrible. I mean, they were allowed like 30-some points a game. But it just plays to your point. It's like Drew Brees plus even a mediocre defense, you're in the conference championship. Think of it this way. Think of like a great comeback victory, okay? So let's go to the Packers-Seahawks game where Russell Wilson threw the four or five picks, remember? And then Russell Wilson led him back to win. Remember that game? It was like a – might have been the conference championship, maybe to go to the Super Bowl a few years ago, something like that. It was in Seattle. Anyway. Okay. Russell Wilson leads this amazing comeback from the – you know, the game was out of hand. But the reason he's able to do it is because – his defense kept getting the ball back to him with the score being the same. If Rodgers starts right now were paired with some of their bad defenses, we'd only be talking about Rodgers right now. Yeah. What's going to happen? Should uh, they have to draft a quarterback? That's what people would be talking about. That's a fantastic point. We want to talk more quarterbacks here. We've got to step aside momentarily. More with Mike Sando coming up. I want to tell you about our new buddies at Vivid Seats. Well, I'm fortunate enough that I can go to any Steeler game whenever I want, and I don't go to other NFL games. I also have a pretty good source through my Steeler contacts to get the concerts. But Penguin season for me is right around the corner, and I'm going to be using Vivid Seats a lot to go with my buddies. So I'm pretty excited about it. I want to tell you about it. Um, Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last, last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person, earning credit back on all purchases made through the Vivid Seat app via the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program. Vivid Seats helps fans find their seats to any of their favorite live events, sports, concerts, theater, and more, stand-up, anything you want. 
uh, all through the Vivid Seat app. It's very easy. Vivid Seats offers great prices with an easy purchasing experience as well as an in-app loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards. With rewards statuses ranging from MVP to Hall of Famer, customers can earn 10% up to 16% credit on all their purchases through our app for the month of August. Go to App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program and will enjoy credits on all their purchases as part of the Vivid Seats Rewards. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by 100% guarantee, of course. So this is something you absolutely have to do. And when you go, enter our promo code KICKOFF, all one word, all caps, at checkout to receive a discount of up to a, up to 100 bucks. I mean, so why wouldn't you? Enter our promo code KICKOFF at checkout, and you get a discount of up to 100 bucks. It is a new season. The only thing that hasn't changed where I'm putting my money down on all the games. MyBookie is the only place to bet on football every weekend. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs 100 bucks to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. So, folks, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me, and absolutely my bookie fits that mold. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business for you and your fantasy guys out there. You can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. I love that feature, by the way. Up to a $1,000 first deposit bonus. You double your first deposit. Use our promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use our promo code Locked On when creating your, your claim when you're creating your account to claim the bonus. Again, that's locked on, two words, locked on, bet, win, get paid. So speaking of a team that has a great defense, and there's questions about the quarterback, the Chicago Bears, and your latest at theathletic.com, talking about Mitchell Trubisky and his usage and his development. I thought it was interesting what were actual dropbacks and what were not, and with his, uh, what was it, 81% completion percentage in that win, and uh, Ryan Clark on ESPN had talked about how maybe he was a bust uh, of of the Ryan Leaf variety, which which seems kind of crazy because, yeah. as you noted, Trubisky's already done much yeah. more than Leaf has in his career, even if he's not maybe the quarterback that the Bears hoped he would be. It's funny. So um, while that game was on, it was kind of a snoozer of a game. So I had it on in the background, but I was working and I didn't have the sound on um, because I was going to go back and watch it um, later more closely. But um, I was just kind of looking over every once in a while. I had no idea what Trubisky's stats were during the game. And I thought it looked like he wasn't doing that great. Um, I I just thought I kind of look over, you know, you're seeing some of the real easy stuff where they're either moving the pocket or it's a two-yard pass, you know, and then a couple times I'd look up on some tougher passes and the ball wouldn't be completed or it was a little off target. Um, so at the end of the game, I looked at his numbers and I was like, wow, what happened? I mean, he had a really high completion percentage. Then I turned on the audio for the post game and there was Ryan Clark comparing him to uh, Ryan Leaf and Tremere Chris Russell, which in fairness to Clark, I mean, I think he misspoke. I mean, he came back later and said, that was too harsh. I didn't mean that. But I think the point was, 
he's not impressed by what he sees from Trubisky watching the game. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, you know what, this is going to be a good column because, you know, traditionally we say, hey, you complete 80% of your passes for 230 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, that's like Hall of Fame numbers, right? I went back and looked. Like, that never happened in the NFL until 1975 or something. You know, Fran Tarkenton. Right. Yeah, holy smokes. Exactly. Dan Fouch did it in the 70s. But if you could went back and watch Dan Fouch do it in the 70s and you know anything about football, you'd be way more impressed, I guarantee, with Fouch doing it with his shuffle seven-step seven drop back without even a crossover step, just doing the backup real fast, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Shoulders square to the line of scrimmage, yeah, parallel and, to the line of scrimmage, and yeah. gunning that ball out on third and twelve with a guy hitting him under the chin. You know that's <laughs> drop back passing football, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> with his offensive lineman coming over and helping him up and wiping the grass off of his <laughs> teeth. You know, play after play. Yeah, totally. So I, you know, I think we've gotten into. I think football coverage has gotten a lot smarter, um, but the the use of the word drop back to describe every passing play for a quarterback I think is misleading. And I sort of, you know, I, I used to use it more. And then guys in the league were like, like, what do you mean drop back? Like that's not a drop back, you know? And so with Trubisky and with a lot of quarterbacks, that's just why you see guys completing all these short passes. They're not really doing a traditional drop back. A traditional drop back basically concedes that we're not running the ball in this play. There's not some sort of weird action or pocket movement, bootleg, things the defense have to pay attention to. We're saying, you know what? We're sort of like pacing off like uh, like with our six shooters at the uh, on Main Street. <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna take 10 paces and we're gonna turn around and fire. That's the drop back pass game. So why is it important? Because when you're behind or you gotta go on third down, we can't do ghost motion with uh, the quarterback moving and two fake handoffs. You know what I mean? We have to snap the ball and you got to win from the pocket. Uh, and that's how you get respect in the league as a quarterback. And Trubisky hasn't shown an ability to do that. He's not alone in that, but when he completes that, has that kind of great numbers, we sort of say, Hey, 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 wait a minute. This is highly managed numbers. Um, and like I said, I think he was 18 of 21 uh, for uh, 130 yards on passes that didn't go five yards past the line of scrimmage. That's mm-hmm. smart play calling and play design because Trubisky's not Phillip Rivers. He's not Dan Fouts. But guess what? 20 guys in the league aren't those guys either. Right. No, and right. It's right. one thing when you can design a play to leak a running back or a tight end into the flats on third and three and move the chains, but when you're down three scores, that's not going to cut it for you. you got to sling the ball down the field. And with Trubisky, you'll see one play, one of his touchdown passes to Taylor Gabriel in that game was beautiful. It was phenomenal. But then, like you mentioned, sometimes it's like what you watch and you're thinking, man, this this didn't feel like an 80% completion game from this quarterback. So you still see the talent sometimes. But um, And I don't – and I'll, I'll put it to this to you guys. Like what is a bust? Would you consider Mitch Trubisky a bust if he never gets better than what he is right now? Um. To me, I, I hear the Bortle comparisons. I don't think like Russell and Leaf are are applicable anymore. But if he turns into Blake Bortles, that's a bust. Yes, I think the problem is that they could have had Mahomes and Watson, and there were a lot of people in the league who liked those guys better. Yeah, and just yeah. me not being a scout or any of that. Um, I felt like I felt like in that draft that Deshaun Watson was kind of the no brainer pick. You know, I, I just thought, hey, this guy's been so good at every level. Why wouldn't we just take him? You know, don't overthink it, right? 
Um, and, wins a lot of games at Clemson and looks awesome doing it. Yeah, and then I know I knew a lot of guys who were sort of from the Ron Wolf scouting tree. You know, whether it was John Schneider or John Dorsey, some of those guys. The word was that they loved Mahomes, and you know, I had even heard shortly before the Seattle draft that don't be shocked they could take Mahomes in the first round if he's available, which would have totally shocked everybody because they love and have Russell wow. Wilson. But mm-hmm. it was kind of like one of those Ron Wolf things where even when they had Favre or they kept drafting guys, right? Or when you have Favre, you draft Rodgers, right? You can't pass on the next guy who's going to be amazing. And people thought he was going to be. I don't know if people thought Trubisky was going to be amazing. You know what I mean? Did they? Did anybody think? I mean, a lot of people loved what they saw, and there was some questions with Trubisky, but I think you're right that Watson was the player that I think most likely would have gone, even though Watson was the third quarterback taken it seemed like leading up, and I'm not in the draft rooms or anything like that, but it seemed like Watson was the guy that's like, yeah, this is the obvious pick. This is the guy who's going to go high in this draft. And then when he started to fall a little bit, it was like, wow. And then when the Chiefs traded up actually to take Mahomes ahead of Watson, too, it was like, okay, wow, there there must be some serious questions about Watson that I didn't really see here because I thought he was a top-tier player and deserved to be you know, maybe the second pick in the draft or picked soon after that. But it felt like... 10 where Kansas City moved up to get Mahomes was definitely his ceiling in that draft. He wasn't going to go two. If Mahomes you, had been picked by Chicago, Matt Nagy might wow. not be coaching him. John Fox might be on his way to the Hall of Fame coaching another 10 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> Either one of those guys, that's the best team in the league. Yeah. Definite pivot point in the league in that 2017 draft with the quarterbacks and some teams got to be kicking themselves at the top, thinking of the Jaguars too, drafting a running back, passing on both Watkins and Mahomes. It's an interesting conversation there with that draft class and seeing how things are developing with those guys. More with Mike Sando of The Athletic after this. Folks, if you're like me, you're not always paying attention to your bank account balance, and the moment you see to be overdrawn, it's just too late. So you end up spending $37 thanks to bank fees. Introducing the Dave app, putting an end to overdraft fees for good. Dave is the number one budgeting app in America, because it saves you from overdraft fees, tells you about upcoming bills, and can advance you $75 from your next paycheck with no credit check or interest. Get the Dave app for just $1 per month. That's only 12 bucks a year, which is way less than an overdraft fee, and you'll never have to pay one again. Mark Cuban is an investor in Dave. He actually went to my high school, by the way, because he got crushed by overdraft fees in his 20s and wants you to never pay an overdraft fee again. Three million people already use Dave to save up to $1,000 a year in overdraft fees. That's why it's the number one budgeting app in the App Store. So go to dave.com slash locked on, all one word. It really helps the show if you let them know you heard it from here. Then download Dave and never pay another overdraft fee again. It's immediate savings. Go now, dave.com slash locked on, spelled just like it sounds, D-A-V-E. Dave.com slash locked on. Um, quick question. Do you think people hold moving up one spot for Trubisky from three to two against the Bears? I don't really think they do anymore. That's kind of forgotten, but they sure did, you know, Mel's grades and stuff right after the draft. You know what I mean? How could you move up one spot for that guy? Yeah, well, they have a history of it, too. Remember, they went up two spots for Leonard Floyd. And so are you seeing ghosts? Are you Now, I don't have a problem. If you have a – let's just say we have Noah. At the time, we didn't know how great all the quarterbacks are going to be. So I think if you have a guy you really want I, and he's a quarterback, I don't have a problem. People are like, 
Dave yeah. Gettleman shouldn't have taken Daniel Jones at six. He would have been there at 17. What are you talking about? You he takes him because he doesn't know if he's going to be there and he wants him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We can judge whether he's a good quarterback later. Obviously, he's going to the Hall of Fame now. But <laughs> but you know what I mean? If, if, if it's a quarterback, I'm okay a little more. I don't like yeah. the habit of it, though. I think um, you've got to do it for the right people. Like Philadelphia, like that left tackle from Washington State, Dillard. They're like, you know what? Let's get over Houston. Awesome move. But don't just be doing it all the time. Right. And hearing ghosts, I think, is a good one because that a lot of teams, I think, maybe psych themselves out. They go through this whole process for so long. They love a guy and maybe at at the last moment, they they just can't hold their water a little bit. And maybe that's what happened with the Bears and Trubisky. And I don't know, maybe there was another team that was really interested that might have jumped up because uh, I think there was teams that liked Trubisky. But to me, it was the, the Mahomes is the most interesting player in that draft because it was all over the place. And I know, Matt, you liked Mahomes, but he came from that Texas Tech offense and there was still a ton of development that needed to happen. I mean, he's the player he is now. He wasn't that in college. It, you saw the arm strength. That was obviously there. But it was a little bit of a tough evaluation. And the team that traded with the Bears was the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan talked about how tough of an evaluation it was with Mahomes. And I think they just had their eyes on Cousins and they're like, you know what, we're not completely slam dunk sure about these quarterbacks let's sign cousins in the offseason and go and then they turned up they turned out to trade for garoppolo but I, I think the mahomes one is the most interesting because the chiefs obviously saw something had the guts to move up and get them looks like the right call too many teams probably passed on watson but the mahomes evaluation is the thing that i think was the most difficult for the league and you could get Mahomes and, and get the guy that you have now, but he could have been just another one in a long line of really strong-armed quarterbacks that maybe didn't have what it took and came from a weird system and didn't develop. So you still had to have that development, and he might have landed in the perfect spot too. Oh, he sure did. Great spot yeah. for him to be in. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. Is that Mahomes was my top quarterback in that draft, but if the Bears would have moved up to two, took Mahomes, all the draft Knicks still would have been critical of him oh, on Monday. Yeah. You know, what are you doing? I mean, it, it would have been the same response, and the Bears would have got the last laugh. But I also, to your point that he fell in the right place in Kansas City, that's obvious now, and, and with the weaponry and Andy Reid and all that. But I also think ha- they could afford to break that stallion a little bit while they had Alex Smith. He was a competent yes. player for that year. Yeah, that's a huge part, and he gets some credit for that development as well and how well he did working with him. We saw him do it with Colin Kaepernick in San Francisco. I think that was another big part of Mahomes' development that nobody really talks about. So 3-0 Packers, 3-0 Patriots. I want your opinion, guys, on another 3-0 team, the 49ers, who, well, the, the Patriots' combined opponents have zero wins. The 49ers' combined opponents have one win, so... My question to you, and maybe I'm too close to the fire here with the 49ers, are the 49ers for real? Mike, you go first. I watched their game last night. Um, man, there were a lot of fumbles. I almost dove into my TV screen a couple of times because I was like, <laughs> I, I can get that ball. It's coming out. Scoop um, and score. Yeah, scoop and score. So um, I like them better than I did before the year because I was worried about Garoppolo and stuff. I think they've done a – that could have been a game that they won 40-10. to 10. I really believe that against the Steelers. I mean, I, they just fumbled repeatedly down by the goal line. I don't think that's going to keep happening. My concern a little bit, I still have the Garoppolo health concerns. I thought he got hit in the mouth a bunch in the game. I don't know yeah. if anyone was talking about that, but yeah. there's just a lot of times he's letting that ball go and he's getting drilled. So I don't, and I don't, look, I haven't studied the offensive line. I know Joe Staley's out. Um, 
and it's the Steelers. It's not a team you play every week, you know, if you're them and, and they could have been throwing stuff at them, but I guess I feel better about them. Um, I do. I feel better about them. It's a, it's a cautious tentative optimism. And I think that if Garoppolo hangs in there with uh, Shanahan, that they're going to have good results. And I think they're going to be, I think they can, you know, win nine games. Do you think that's fair, Matt? Yeah, I might like them a little better because because uh, they have a defense going full circle here on the uh, on the conversation. Yeah. I think that defensive front seven, but especially the line is great. I think Bosa is going to be a star. I think Buckner is one of the best players people don't know about, and the offense is really well coached. You know, so. Um, I think Garoppolo's best friend, though, is going to be that defense, and they're not going to inter- intercept two passes this year, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, that's great to hear from a 49ers standpoint. Brian, you watch them all the time. I mean, are you buying the defense? Yeah, well, the defense is for real, and that front seven has really helped out the secondary. They didn't have the guys off the edge last year, which is the huge difference. So Bosa plus D Ford coming off the edge, and now who do you double-team? You can't just double-team Buckner all day, and they've given trouble to all three of the teams they played. And very similar to that Seahawks-Packers game you talked about, that's exactly how that game played out against the Steelers. The 49ers kept turning the ball over. I think the defense had given up maybe one first down in in the first quarter and a half of that game, even though they kept giving the ball back to the Steelers. So the defense really is the thing that's going to carry that team this year as Garoppolo gets more reps and people forget that Garoppolo still has fewer starts than Josh Rosen uh, in the mm-hmm. NFL. So, yeah, they get the bye. They get Cleveland and the Rams. So uh, those will be good good games for them, good tests to home yeah. one Cleveland. So, Monday night, Cleveland, uh, and then yeah. I think the real I mean, test I mean, is the Rams game. The Rams game is when you really find out who the 49ers are, I think. Yeah, the, the Browns so, won't be able to block those guys. So, Matt, I ranked the, the 3-0 teams, and admittedly, I had seen some of the San Francisco game against Pittsburgh when I was writing this Sunday night, but I hadn't, like, watched it as closely. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel better about San Francisco now after watching the game in detail, you know? And it's awesome watching Kittle and, and Juszczyk. Oh, yeah. I know they overpaid for the fullback thing, but it's awesome. I it's mean, great. it's some yeah, of the plays. Awesome, they use really them. Cool. Yeah, they use them. It's really worth it for them. But So I, I'm going to read off how I rank the 3-0 teams, and you tell me. So I, I had the uh, 49ers second to last on this. Tell me where if you'd slot them in higher. So I went Patriots. Okay. Yep. I went Patriots. I went Chiefs. Yeah. I went Cowboys. I think they're easily third, and that might – yeah. Ruffle feathers. I think they're closer to two than they are four. Yeah. Okay. Then I did Rams, Packers, 49ers, but I don't feel great about the Rams offense at all. I mean, and I've got questions about the Packers offense. Should the 49ers almost be after the Cowboys, or is that way too optimistic? Whew. That's a really good question because I'm with you. The Rams and Packers offense, despite their reputations and star power, aren't playing that well and haven't for a while. Absolutely. Um, I feel like right. I'm sleeping on the 49ers. I really am. I, I think it's been easy to just sort of write them off because Garoppolo mm-hmm. always gets hurt. And then, the, you know, you know what I mean? And, the, and their defense yeah. hasn't been that great in the past. And, and uh, they've made some big missteps, you know, mm-hmm. um, but they're pretty good. But maybe they're good. You know, maybe if they're they play defense and run the ball and you know what I mean? They're going to run the ball and their front seven's good. That's a pretty good baseline. Yeah, so I don't know. Would you put them? Would you still go Rams and Packers ahead of them right now? I think, but uh, I don't feel as strong as you would think, or as most people probably do. You know what I mean? I think yeah. it's a conversation. 
Yeah, I do too. So I'm really, I'm excited to see them. They get a buy, maybe they get a little healthier and I don't mm-hmm. know if Staley, is Staley coming back soon. Uh, Staley's no, out for another bike. five or six weeks. It was a six okay, to eight week more. injury. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, they're interesting. Yeah. They're interesting. So yeah, that's another fun team to watch now. And actually the order you have them here, Mike is the same order Matt had them in when we did the power rankings before week three. So, Okay. Well, yeah. he, see, he doesn't read my column, but he looks over my shoulder when I'm writing. <laughs> right. I said yes. you notes. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we're out of time here. Thanks again, Mike, for joining us. It's always fun. Thank you. And for Matt Williamson, I am Brian Peacock. Be back tomorrow right here, Locked On NFL.